This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. You know, things happen and, you know, we had a little bit with Rick last year and so we've been through it as a group, but at the same time, just feel for them and just the, the, the big thing about our, our group is that it's about making sure that we don't let Rick down here, that we go out and play tomorrow. Uh, like we need to play for him and, uh, you know, do everything we can to, to get him two points. Winnipeg Jets hosting the St. Louis Blues at Canada Life Center pregame at 530. Uh, puck drop at 745 with the frozen frenzy uh, across the National Hockey League. Everybody's playing, staggered starts, all that whole thing. We can get into that, can't we, Jim? Yeah, well, we're going to. And, and of course, that was, uh, we will get into it just in just one second here. It's of like March Madness, right? Mm-hmm. You watch the first game, and then the second game comes on, and then the third game. And or then I'm the just going to wait for 7.45 and watch the Jets game and or then go to bed. Or you just take in the Jets game, and you don't really, you just look at the scoreboard at the end. 204 Staggering's important, though. You know, and uh, okay, Jamie, come on here. And of course, that initial uh, uh, clip we were playing, Scott O'Neill, that was him Jamie yesterday. Thomas no more. No, let's not. And of course, we're playing that that clip, Scott O'Neill, um, talking about no shortage of motivation, awareness. Of course, uh, Rick Bonus, uh, Judy Bonus, his wife, um, under uh, had a seizure Sunday night. Um, Rick Bonus has uh, taken the leave of absence. There's no there's no timeline for his return, uh, but he's taking care of his wife, and so Scott O'Neill has taken over as the interim. Uh, head coach and uh, trying to tap into that emotion, eh, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Arneal said it the best, right? You don't let Rick down uh, and play a good hockey game tonight. And of course, I paraphrase in that last part of it, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, an unfortunate situation um, with Judy Bonus and, um, of course, Rick doing the right thing as any husband would do with their wife is be by her side while she gets through this. So, um, you know, we're, think- we're thinking of. We're thinking of the bonuses here tonight, and uh, all we can do now is hope the Jets uh, put that effort out tonight that we saw in Edmonton and, and build off uh, an impressive final 55 minutes, including overtime in uh, the Alberta Capitol on Saturday. The Jets beat the Blues last year, uh, three out of four games, outscored them 13-7. Uh, to seven. Uh, Do the Jets got the Blues number, or is this a new season and, and we're going to be seeing a new Blues team? Uh, I, 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 listen, I feel it's it, what St. Louis did. You remember in 2018 when they traded Paul Stastny and looked, then they were out of it, and they went came back, and won the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying this team can do that, but it's the same cast of characters with some younger bodies on the roster. Played a hell of a game against Pittsburgh on home ice on Saturday. Um, they've kind of been up and down as they're trying to figure things out, but they still have Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. You know, Colton Pareko, they have uh, Tory Krug, and, of course, Jordan Bennington is off to a heck of a start to this season as well. So it's just kind of more of the same, right? And a hardworking team. Uh, St. Louis is making more of an effort to play the same type of game that Vegas and Boston plays is where they collapse, block a lot of shots. So those high-danger opportunities um, that you see that the Jets have been getting recently might not be as frequent here this evening at 7.45, stupid start time um, here at Canada Life Center. <laughs> you want to get into that now? Frozen frenzy. I, I do, because, I, I listen, listen, I see this on social media all the time. Why does the NHL not stagger their starts? You know why they don't stagger their starts? Because I don't want to leave the rink at 11 o'clock at night when they stagger the starts, just so we can have everybody, everybody's happy, and they can watch each game at the same time. But do this one time, that's enough. But I don't get this. We're not, it's not the NFL. It's not college basketball. The start times are the start times for a system 
Think of like if you are you have a kid and you want to bring them to the game tonight at seven forty five start time, so everybody's happy outside of Winnipeg can get the game. They can watch the game because they oh thank goodness they staggered the start times. I'm not bringing my kids tonight. I'm sorry. So Jim has kids. He knows all about this. You just don't do these types of things. So you're making things more complicated, challenging to bring your fan, you know, somebody to the game tonight. Why do you have, you have to work tomorrow morning? So let's just think about the people that actually attend the games in Winnipeg instead of, oh, let's stagger the start times because it's going to be easier to watch the game tonight. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's six, 745 is, is a little silly. It should either yeah. be 645 or 715 or whatever. Yeah. Listen, we're always, people are always harping on the National Hockey League, and I agree this start time for here in Winnipeg in the central yeah. zone is ridiculous. People are always saying, oh, the NHL, they're so slow to do stuff. Well, they're, they're, they're trying something. Do we at least, yeah. Jim, do we need to give them at least some credit that they're, they're trying to do something? No. No. There's even grumbling no. yesterday about the, uh, the uh, advanced stats that came out. Like, it just, nobody is, this is a game that people just love to harp on. And it's like the people that actually cover the game, the people that go to, like, like hockey, like just enjoy what we have. It's a great game. It's better than it's ever been, but we always have to go, Oh, the NHL is falling behind MLS. Uh, uh, like, okay. Uh, first off, soccer is the world's most popular sport. So you, that's like that. You can't even compete with that aspect of it. And the MLS is doing a great job. So we're all trying to scan, well, well, the NBA is doing this. Well, that just doesn't work this. And baseball does this, but it doesn't work with hockey. So stop messing with the game and how it's shown on television. Remember, there are other people involved in these whole things. So, oh, my gosh, I'm 50 and I'm ranting. I can't believe it. So here's how it's a problem. Yeah. There are... Very intelligent people sitting around a boardroom in an NHL office in New York City Mm -hmm. and says to themselves, we have an inclusive night along with our entire propaganda of hockey is for everyone. There is a select few of our brethren that don't agree with it. So they opted out. So let's just end it. (laughs) Let's offend everybody who we've brought into through this. And let's just end it because a few don't want to, didn't say don't do it, didn't yeah. say get rid of it, just yeah, said, okay. I don't want to be a part of it. And instead yeah, of yeah. saying, okay, for those of you who don't want to be a part of it, don't. And for those of you yeah. who do believe in inclusiveness and hockey is actually for everyone, we're going to mm-hmm. continue with our pride night. Now that yeah. we've tabled this and made a massive decision and mistake, let's look yeah. at how we can start our season. Within the first month of trying to garner some interest in our league, Let's Mm -hmm. have one game on Monday. Let's Mm -hmm. have one game on Wednesday. Let's have 16 games all starting at different times on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And through the first three days of the week, every fan that we're trying to garner and we'll have a Buffalo Calgary game on Monday and no other game, every other fan of every other team will go, I'll watch Buffalo and Calgary tonight. Yeah. Okay. So, can I retort to this one a little bit, Jim? Well, I'm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to stop him. In a negative him. way. I'm well, just, I'm I just. Gonna, it, it, it's, I want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Go ahead, please. Here we go. The floor is yours. This is the only reason why I'm going to do this because I worked at Sportsnet, of course, who, had the, who has the national rights. What I've learned over the years is Monday, you technically don't want to go up against Monday Night Football. One game, a little bit over the top, right? I get that part. Uh, or underselling the game a little bit. Wednesday is national national television night, so you have to reduce the amount of games that because you, you want people to watch that national broadcast, the Wednesday night hockey broadcast. Friday, traditionally, you don't want to go up against Friday night football. So like a lot of this ties into the states. 
uh, the people, are you going to be able to get people to come to your rinks on Fridays or Mondays because of all those challenges? Now, I'm only saying this because this is what I was told. Um, but and then, but the 16 games on a Tuesday might be a little bit too much. I would, this is, if you want to do the 16 games, I would do this on Saturday. 100%. Well, yeah. I mean, that just makes yeah. sense to me, especially yeah. during the today. Saturday. The NBA is yeah. tipping off today. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, let's, and that's my third one. And now yeah. let's do it on the kickoff to opening night and, in the National Basketball Association. And like clearly, like nobody has drama more than the NBA, right? There's like, that part you cannot compete with. Um, that's, and I know you're not trying to compete with the NBA, but the, you, Saturday is your day. Saturday is the way you do these things. And maybe you do this on the first Saturday of the NHL season. Like this is what you do. You'd stagger these times. You make everybody happy. Yeah. But, but here's my point, Jamie. I, I'm not against yeah. the, I'm not against the staggering this, trying this out. Like I think the national hockey yeah. league needs to try things out a little bit more, yeah, but, the, but today on Tuesday, I know the Nash, <laughs> the NBA is tipping off. I think that's a huge factor in this. Why yeah. do it on a Tuesday night? When yeah. you have 745 games in the central time zone, when you could have done this on a Saturday. It's an oxymoron, guys. Why? This is my point. And you I, could have stretched it out. Oh, we'll start the games at 1215, and we'll have games all the way until uh, 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 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Gary Bettman on line one. First Gary Bettman. I, wor- I worked in television myself for 17 years. I get everything okay. you just said, Jamie. I do. Yeah. So you're fearful of Monday night football. One game yeah. in the Midwest with yeah. one of the more popular teams on the planet, the San Francisco 49ers, but yeah. you're not afraid of kickoff night in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I don't thought so again, true. there's board members sitting around here going, Oh, we don't want to go up against one NFL game, but we'll <laughs> no, go toe to, we'll go toe to toe with the much. start of, of one of the most popular games. The second most popular game on the planet behind soccer. It, and and just, just to be fair, it is rare that there's one game on a Monday. Like there's usually yeah, more. That's a, again, that's another national television night, right? So yeah, that's yeah like but there's not Monday more there's too many. There's too many national television nights flat out. That's like, if I could say oh, anything oh, I'm with against you on that. The, the television world, there's too many national. There wasn't more than night. one game on this Monday. Cause they wanted to yeah. do this on a Tuesday of the NBA launching and blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm big on, look, I understand recognizing who you're up against. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with bowing down to them. Yeah, no. And then like, you could even argue on Saturday, there's college football, which is beyond. But that I'm, I'm fine. Like States. one of the greatest things the CFL has done was move those semifinal games to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why are you having playoff games up against the NFL? And you Bob can. Irving used to tell me this all the time. Again, like you can't worry about the NFL and the CFL is beautiful and all this. Mm-hmm. And I got mm-hmm. that. And Bob made good points, but this is a new era. And yeah. you, you have to, you're going to sell more tickets. You're going to get more eyeballs. You're going to get more people in attendance to, to CFL playoff mm-hmm. games on a Saturday. And same with the Labor Day Classic in the Banjo Bowl than you will on a uh, Sunday with the NFL going. Yeah. So you, to me, fantasy football has put fantasy football has put everybody on their butts on a Sunday. Yes. There's flat out. There's like it's it's not even a competition. Yeah. They've done a wonderful job in that aspect. We're all worried about what our players are doing on Sunday rather than going to uh, a, a playoff football game in the Canadian Football League. That's just, it just what it, I, and I'm sorry to sound like rude and stuff. I'm I love the NHL and everything about it, but yeah. I'm not happy over the pride tape stuff at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's a massive mistake where you're cowering to the few as opposed to appealing to the many. You're contradicting mm-hmm. your own log- logo and slogan of hockey is for everyone. 
And then I'm not, I I think this is a big mistake too. This, this whole, again, you guys nailed it. Staggered times. And they've done this, right? They have those Saturdays where every Canadian team plays and they stagger those games. Somebody has to play at 11 a.m. sometimes in the NHL. I think those are great ideas. I I like those days when there's three games. I do. The outdoor games, Mm -hmm. this and that. Like I'm not a big fan of the all-star game, but I get what it does for the fans and things like that. Mm -hmm. This just doesn't make sense to me. And then to what Jamie said, when you put this together, you didn't know about the times and yeah. and and the the inflation and everything that it is trouble to selling tickets. But a seven forty five weeknight game is not going to help you sell tickets. Thanks for coming it's on and listening to us, Rand, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Jamie. It's not conducive to what you're trying to do. Like I'm sure they were not happy when that schedule came out. It's at seven forty five. No, no, I'm it's sorry. Not, it's not. It does. It doesn't help the people that are going to the game. I know it's helping grow the game, but it's more important that your teams. Are happy with the real quickly, but the only time the 745 has worked out is that I've got an extra hour and 10 minutes to get those leaves up before it snows and I can still watch the start of the game. Jamie Thomas, Jets content creator, host of the Ground Control podcast with us. Jamie, t- take care. Thanks so much. All right, boys. Have a great day. Let's He's take- what we refer to as a good guy. <laughs> That's right. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Is there any changes to the Winnipeg Jets lineup? Uh, we'll also hear from Scott Arneal. We'll answer those questions as well as the PK. Is it turning the corner? We'll get into that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. So it sounds like the um, pride tape and players not being able to wear pride tape that has... Uh, quickly evaporated in the National Hockey League, according to several reports from very credible sources. I uh, expect an official announcement for that to be rescinded uh, later sometime. Uh, so, wow, obviously there was a hard stance with the National Hockey League. They were going to put their foot down on this, and uh, clearly that didn't happen. Um, and I, I, You know what? I, I think it was the situation. This is my opinion on it. If somebody didn't want to participate in the Pride event, while I don't agree, they should have had that right to be able to opt out of the morning, out of, out of the pregame skate, because that was that person expressing their beliefs. That should have been allowed. And also, they should never have stopped people from wearing pride tape. Hockey is for everyone, to. including the people that didn't want to partake. Yes. Then don't partake. That's right. It wasn't fair to be to those people. To Why be, do we make yeah. things so difficult? Yeah. The whole situation wasn't fair to anybody. You don't want to partake. You don't have to. We're doing this. Hockey's so, for everyone. So to avoid scrutiny, they now drag this out for months and months and months. I don't think it's going to affect anybody watching the game or not, but... I I just don't, I don't get it. Anyways, we'll be right back on the other side. Blues, Jets, what did the morning skate lineup, any changes, any additions? We'll get into that. The PK has to turn the corner. Can I talk to you outside for a minute? You can talk to this knuckle sandwich. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Yeah, I think they're, you know, they're trying to implement some younger players in their lineup too, but, you know, they've lost some key players, Tarasenko and O'Reilly, some of those guys that have been there a while. But at the same time, um, Craig Brewery's teams are going to, you know, they're going to play heavy games. You know, they're going to make you work for every every inch in space out there. So, um, yeah, you're going to have to also play that way. And I thought last year, especially early in the season, I think it was game six or seven, <clears throat> they were on a roll and we got into the game here and we beat them and just for the fact it was that. We played heavy and we played hard and, you know, we, we, we did a lot of the right things and uh, certainly helped us have success. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, they, they're going to play a certain way and we got to make sure that we're ready to go for that style. 
204-780-6868, Text the show, 204-780-6868, pregame show, puck drop at 745, part of the Frozen uh, frenzy and yeah, well, I mean, what kind of challenge do you think? I mean, the St. Louis Blues are a team, Jim. I don't really know what to think of yet. They're a team that's undergone a lot of a lot of changes as uh, interim head coach. Uh, well, not really interim head coach. I mean, associate coach um, uh, Scott O'Neill filling in for for Rick Bonus. Um, I'm not sure what to think about the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, they're a team in transition here. They have no, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko are are gone. This this seems to be now the team of of Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Cairo. For sure, um, yeah. they've had a great start uh, or a, a pretty decent start. Um, but I'm not sure where to where 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 I where I, I put them. Maybe they're a little bit better team than I gave them credit for uh, during the summer. But I'm not sure that this is a team that is, you know, they might be a bubble team. But are they really going to be a mix at the end of it? Well, they kind of are like the Jets, right? Like people are wondering, you know, I, I think the Jets have more firepower and more depth, but people are wondering, like, what is this team? Um, Jordan Bennington's off to a great start. He's uh, 3-0, and has a 9.59 save percentage and a 1.26 goals against. So that's a very good start for Jordan Bennington. But, um, you know, they've got this defense locked up with Falk and Krug and Paranko and uh, Nick Letty and... Um, so they're pretty deep on defense. I like their defense, actually. But it is, you know, it, like they have to spread this lineup out. Um, do I think it's as skilled and talented as the Jets? No, I don't. But Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, this is their team now. And they have the big extensions. And they had poor seasons last year. I believe they're both off to good starts this year. It's only three games. But uh, I think this is a team that, you know, is going to be much like the Jets. They're going to have to be in and fight for everything they get. Be in every game. Be consistent and not give points away. And I kind of equate that to how the Jets season is going to go, that they, you know, can't give points away when they have a chance to get one or two, and they have to stay in the fight for 60 minutes as much as they can, and that's kind of what I look towards this team to do. But to me, I think the Jets should beat this team tonight. I, I think they're, yeah, I know, think this is a game even without you, Gabe Velarde, yep. I, I think this is a game that you got to win, but I do think it's going to be toe-to-toe, and I don't think it's going to be 6-2. I think it's going to be 3-2 or 4-3 and maybe an empty net goal. I remember this uh, game last year where St. Louis came into town uh, pretty early on into the season. I think they were off to a 3-0 three and three start. 3-0 start, yeah. And then after they lost, they got they got kind of blitzed here in Winnipeg, um, 4 nothing, and then they followed it up with uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight losses. And then they were very streaky. They they put together a, a series of wins, and they went on another big losing skid or another another long stretch of of mostly losing hockey. Um, so it's I, I I'm not sure where where to put the the St. Louis Blues, but um, they've been getting great goaltending so far. First three games started two zero and one one point two six goals against average nine five nine save percentage uh, for Jim Tilt's favorite netminder in the entire league, Jordan Bennington. He's been pretty good. Do you think he gets his tonight? You think the reckoning happens? The reckoning happens. Well, he's, I, I don't think that those numbers are going to maintain over the rest of the year. I'll be honest there. Like you know, one of my favorite thoughts in hockey is for a goalie. No matter who it is, if you're going to play the puck like a defenseman, then you should be able to get hit like a defenseman if you're outside the zone. And I strongly believe that if you're going to come out, like look at Skinner on Saturday, comes way out. Now he got burnt for the goal, but you should be able to play a, a goalie that far out of his crease. Like a D-man, if you want to strip the puck from him, fine. If you want yeah. to hit him, hit him. If he's going to play it up the boards like a D-man, why can't you hit him? <laughs> if he's out of the crease in the zone. Yeah. 
If you dump it in and a D-man gets that puck, you're finishing your check as he puts it up the boards. Why can't you do that on a goalie? Now, Jordan Binnington's a different cat. We all know that. And he welcomes that kind of stuff. He's one of the dirtiest goalies I've ever seen. And then he refuses to be even grazed or touched. So I'm wondering, I ask you, is the reckoning tonight? I will say the exact answer I gave you a mere minute and a half ago. I don't know. Is it Adam Lowry? <laughs> is it Brendan Dillon? Oh, so you you don't think it's like, oh, they put four or five on him. They think it's like he's going to get his clock cleaned by somebody on the Jets. That's they put four and five to. on him. We know what's happening. He comes out swinging. Somebody looks at him. He's like mad. But then again, the way he's playing right now, and I do give him full credit for this, as much as the, the way he yeah. handles himself annoys me. Um, when he's on, he's on. Yeah, He won a Stanley Cup, this 3-0 start, 9.59 save percentage, pretty low goals against. I they, I mean, he's on right now. So to me, that's the key, right? Is is much like against Edmonton, they had to withstand the storm. I think the Jets are the storm tonight. I think they come out. Um, I'm not going to use the situation with Judy and Rick Bonus as any motivation. I don't think you have to. I think the mm-hmm. players go, look, like the, he's our guy. He's our coach. We feel bad for him and his family and what they're dealing with. Let's go have a good game. I yeah. think that's the extent of it. I don't think it's like win one for anything like that, but I do think it's like, let's have a good game. You know, let's, let's put a smile on our coach's family's face. Um, but I do think they come out with the storm and I think they got to get to Jordan Binnington early because we all know what happens if you get to him early, but it's going to be tough. Like it's the first period to me, Cam is going to be interesting because this is a team that historically this year has, other than the Oilers game, has started well in the first period. Mm-hmm. And when they don't get rewarded and then they go down, this is a game in my mind that they have to get to Bennington often and early. And if they can get out with a one or two goal lead in the first, I, I think they can start rolling here. But they got to get to Bennington. Can we say this team, and we were talking about this in the offseason, Jim, um, about waiting to see when this team starts to go through adversity, um, how they're going to react like last year when things started to crumble. Um, I understand it's only five games in, but have we seen this team already go through a little bit of it? I think so. Like, look, they the Calgary game, I thought they all played Calgary. They got gold. Yeah. Um, then they came home and took on Florida, and they, they got a lead. They got the win, but they gave up a couple late ones. Um, and then the Kings game, and the Kings game fell off the rails. Totally. Those are three games where we kind of saw a bit of everything. Yeah, You had a big lead, you gave up, but you got the win. You outplayed a team but got goalied, and then you really just let let it fall off the rails and had it taken to you. And then you went to Edmonton, your goalie and you withstood the storm, and you fought, and you punched back, and you got a win. So I think we've seen a bit of everything, right, yeah. in the four games. So I, it's not one of those, like St. Louis, 3-0, and and... Rolling and here they come. This again, might be right? who the Winnipeg Jets or two, are. Two one and one. Sorry. Yeah, I think they're better than a two three team. I think we've seen better than a two three team so far, Jim. But this might be who the Winnipeg Jets are, and yeah. um, might be a team that you know. I, I I don't think that this is. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think this is where they are. I think this is who they are right now. Is is a team like through that we've four seen games we've seen a now. lot. Yeah, we totally have. Um, St. Louis two one and one. I apologize, and they uh, one and one in the shootout. Mm-hmm. So they've you know, but I I think that this team is you know they, they could be two and one and have two easy wins and one you know tough game, but they didn't. They've kind of seen a little bit of everything. But 
I think they need to come out, lay their foot down here and, and get to Bennington early and, and get a win. Uh, the Jets uh, line up, no changes uh, besides the addition of Adam Lowry. Just had a maintenance day yesterday. He finds his way back in the lineup. Uh, Connor Shifley, Ayafalo on the top line. Uh, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, and Ehlers, followed by Niederreiter, Lowry, and Appleton, uh, Morgan Barron, Kupari, and Gustafson. On defense, uh, Morrissey, DeMello, uh, Dylan, Pionk, uh, Hellebuck is going to get the start in it, and then Sandberg and Schmidt. Uh, Schmidt finding his way back in the lineup. He was in the lineup on Saturday in Edmonton, and here was uh, Scott Arneal on Schmidt finding his way back in and how he looked as he stays in the lineup. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? It was just, you know, he was trying so hard, it seemed like, prior to being taken out of the lineup to create stuff to do things, and it was, it was almost like everything he tried kind of backfired on him, and... You know what, sometimes the reset, uh, you know, like he got kind of helped him. I thought he was really good in Edmonton. He, you know, he, he got back for pucks. He made the, the first read and made that pass. And, uh, you know, he got up in the rush, which he's known for. And just a real solid game. He got two, he made two real great breakouts where he got hit pretty hard on the afterwards. And, uh, you know, that's part of, you know, being a defenseman and going back and sort of taking a hit to make some plays. And he did, he did a real good job. He bounced back and it was a big factor for us. You know, from, from Nate Schmidt, I think for him to have another good game here, I, I just don't think you, if he goes through the game and you don't have any notes as to Schmidt made a mistake here, Schmidt had a mistake there. He goes out there, plays clean hockey. I think he stays in the lineup. Yeah. I, I just think that's all he's got to do. He's got to go out there. He's got to make this. He's got to make the smart play. He's got to make the the easy play. And yep, that's all he's got to do. People are on him because of the contract, but yeah. what? And and rightfully so. This year he has not played well. I thought no. he was good in Edmonton. Yeah, but people forget he had a really good year last year. Yeah, just because he was a fifth six D man. If you look at the numbers and the offense and the metrics, he mm-hmm. was solid. He was a solid fifth six D man. The problem is, is he's making five point nine million. I tell fans this all the time. It just zeroes the target in. It just, yeah. it just and I tell fans this all the it. time. It's like your backup goalie makes nine hundred thousand and he's the starter now, and your starter makes six. It doesn't matter. What matters is your goaltending's costing you seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like you're paying a six million dollar guy not to not start. That's not. But it's the same with defense. However, your your defense balances out. You know, does Nate Schmidt, you know, a $5.9 million defenseman? Probably not, but doesn't mean he's not a good 5-6 D-man in this league. He still is. He struggled at the start of this year, but he was he was good last year. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had a stretch where he was... He was and what allows you to do that is you have other players like Sandberg on an ELC last year, or you have... Uh, so I get it. Like, do you want to pay your six, fifth, six D-man $5 million? No, but if it balances out in your decor and the decor is helping you win games, that... I don't focus too much in on that. Also, another thing that the Winnipeg Jets were uh, has been a big discussion has been the penalty kill, which still has not gone uh, a game early on in the season, five games without a letting in a goal. Here's uh, Scott O'Neill. Yeah, we had a we had a meeting there you know, just before the Edmonton game. Uh, it was a little bit about there was lots of times where we had pucks and we didn't get them out of the zone. We, and we talk about shared clears, using each other to get them down the ice. Um, I didn't think we were as aggressive as we needed to be. We got sitting back a little too much, and good players, the more time they have, they're going to make plays. And 
we just felt, uh, and we knew how dangerous Edmonton could be, and then we've seen it in the past, and we just felt we had to get on them a little bit more, and I thought we did a good job of that. Um, you know, uh, tried to get down there, not give uh, them second and third chances. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know we gave the one up early, but I thought in the second period we did a great job of uh, really limit, limiting uh, Edmonton and kind of their movement and motion that they like to get into. Oh, yeah, it's every. Yeah, <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you're against. If you're going to sit and just wait on stuff, if you're not going to get your clears, one area where we weren't very good uh, the first five games, we were winning face-offs and we weren't getting them down the ice. We were creating turnovers, which just creates zone time and for the opposition. So there's some areas that we're really looking to clean up on and you know that that being one of them, being a little bit more aggressive and making sure the pucks get down the ice when we get the opportunity. They were being too tempted, I thought, uh, when it came to the penalty kill. They, they weren't going after the puck. They weren't chasing their guys down. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were too committed to the form and, and not allowing uh, the play to sort of dictate when to be aggressive, when to make the smart read, and they got hemmed in, and that's what happened. And then, like, listen... I'm, I now I don't think the players are particularly scared, but I'll tell you this, Jim. When I see the Edmonton Oilers roll over the boards on a power play, a man up, and they're bringing on Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle, I get nervous. I pucker up a little bit. Um, so I thought the Winnipeg Jets, just as, just as uh, Scott mentioned there, gave up the the early one there. But I, I I hope it's a step for the penalty kill. I hope today and. St. Louis has yet to score a power play goal, by the way, uh, so far this year. I hope this is sort of a, a catalyst moment for the for the for the for the Jets and the penalty kills. Like, okay, this is how we need to play. We need to play like uh, we're we're killing penalties every single game against Connor McDavid. Let's just pretend he's out there. Yeah, um, but the most damning thing I think you can say is too soft on a play. Um, you're going to get beat. Like the Appleton goal from Darnell Nurse, um, he was diving back in on that play Saturday. He was working. He was trying to make something happen. But you're going to get beat. Like that happens. I think when the clearing of the zones and that stuff, what Rick Bonus was saying was just that. Like when they had some issues against L.A., they were soft on the – or sorry, mm-hmm. not L.A., um, Vegas. They were soft. They were yeah. – like if you're in a 50-50 battle, it's it's okay to lose that battle. But if you're in a 50-50 battle and it's 70-30, that's an issue. Yeah. And I think that's what they're talking about, clearing the zone and all that. Like it's um, even late in the third, Mark Shifley had a puck and he just tried to feather it off the boards, like with two or three minutes to go. And it didn't get out and it came back in and Hellebuck had to make another save. Those are the plays I think they're talking about. You have to don't feather, don't get the puck out, especially with three minutes to go. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Got some time for your guys' text messages, 204-780-6868. Pre-game show, 5.30. Puck drop, 7.45 right here on 680 CJOB. Weird start time because of the frozen frenzy in the National Hockey League. We'll be right back. Frozen frenzy. All 32 teams in action. Staggered start times. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. It always is here. I mean, I think it's uh, the start of the game is crucial. Um, this team starts quick in their own, in their own barn. Um, you know, with the, the fans and everything, it's just it's a, it's a tough environment here early on in the game. Head coach of the St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube there, 204-780-6868. Text the show. Um, 
5.30 pregame show, 7.45, puck drop, weird start time because of the frozen frenzy, all 32 NHL teams, 16 games, staggered start, all this stuff. That's why the Jets are playing at 7.45 today, um, which is a, a new initiative by the National Hockey League, as is this, Jim. I think today this texture says they are voting on decentralizing the NHL draft. I hope it doesn't go through because the current format creates more fan engagement and promotes the NHL. What do you guys think that one, thanks. So, Jim, what do they mean by decentralizing the National Hockey League Well, draft? they want to do it like the NFL does. So instead of having all 32 teams come into one city, or 31 teams come into the city that's yeah. hosting it, um, they want to sort of do it like the NFL draft, where like if the Dallas Cowboys are picking first, they might have a former Dallas Cowboy come out, announce who they're drafting, and, and the kid comes up. And and the war rooms are are back at the stadiums. So if the draft is held here in Winnipeg, then all the teams would be back in their home cities, a representative. Mm -hmm. So if Colorado is picking, maybe Peter Forsberg comes out and says Colorado is picking Mm so-and-so, the kid comes up. So the kids are here, the families are here. There's a person from the the team, but there's not a table of 30 people, scouts, scouting directors, GMs, assistant GMs, and head coaches sitting at the table. Um, and so the National Hockey League wants to move to a, a format similar to the NFL and, and do away with what they do. Here's where the whole table is, the whole team, yeah. the whole organization. And the reason for this is... And they're is just back in their offices and, and making the decisions. Because and, the, and this is a big issue, is the draft yeah. last year went the 28th and the 29th of June. A day after the draft was over, you have June 30th, everybody runs back because free agency starts on July 1st. So I understand why the general managers and everybody wouldn't want to be running on such a tight schedule. But what I don't understand is, is I think it's nice that the national, uh, the NHL does this. I think it's good for the, for the city where this is hosted in to bring all the teams there. I think it's a good reward for the city and the community. I mean, that's a lot more yeah. money that the whole team comes in here, plus the parents, plus all the families. I don't understand. I understand the timeline being too short, but just shorten the, shorten the playoffs Cut them off a little bit, or have the draft a little bit earlier. Well, I don't. Well, I don't get why do you have to have it so tight. This is a whole scenes how we're on an NHL rant today. Uh, this is another thing I think they could do better. Seven preseason games is too many. Three and a half weeks of preseason is too many. Make it two and a half to three weeks. Have four to five four preseason games, games. Four games. Four. I'll even say five. Like eliminate two games, which is the final week. Start the season beginning of October, like the beginning, like October first. Yeah. End the season. I've always said this: hockey should not touch June. June can be your draft, your you know your preparation for everything else. Hockey should wrap up the last week of May, the first week of June at the latest, like June third or fourth. Yeah, Dom says, how about start the season October first? That's I don't know why that's yeah. so hard. Yeah, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Thanks for some everybody for engaging. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thanks very much, Tyson Rewicki, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow to break down the game. Count of the Life Center, Blues, Jets, 5.30 pregame show, 7.45 puck drop. 7.45 puck drop here in the city of Winnipeg. And I couldn't imagine a better uh, song to end the show on. I have no idea who this is. And I don't want to know. Been a dad. Don't care. Thanks, Don. I don't need to know that. Is See this ya. Luca? Who? Mika Zabinajad. This is Mika singing? Oh, this is his no, DJ man. stuff? He's DJ, DJ Z-Bad. Oh, it sucks. His stuff sucks. Sucks! Well, listen, you're not, you're not jamming to this, are you, Jim? Is he mixing this? No, he's like a DJ. 
Yeah, I know, but DJ's mix, right? I you're asking me how He's they do it. He's not mixing this. You're asking me how you're asking me how they do this. Two turntables turn and a microphone. I'm walking out of here. See you later. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.